This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. The chill that started just before Christmas has been particularly hard on the house-challenged population of Campbell River, Quadra Island, and Cortez Island. People are living in uninsulated houses, trailers, boats, cabins, cars, and tents. While Campbell River previously had an emergency shelter program between November and March, it was not able to open this year due to COVID restrictions. One of Campbell River's churches has now agreed to host the emergency shelter, which we'll talk about at greater length towards the end of this broadcast. The City of Campbell River, Strathcona Regional District, and Campbell River Coalition to End Homelessness have been using the Campbell River Community Centre between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. since December 24th. We have been open since Christmas Eve, and we just got extended through to the evening overnight January 3rd, at which time the temperatures are supposed to have increased enough that they aren't dangerous anymore. What we've seen over the last week is actually an amazing amount of resilience and bravery and independence from the unhoused population said Sue Owen from the Campbell River and District Coalition to End Homelessness. We opened Christmas Eve, so there wasn't a lot of chance to get the word out there. Many people drove around or tried to do word of mouth. So the first two or three days, we weren't very busy. By day three and four, more people were starting to come in, and we were seeing chapped hands, chillblains. They could hardly walk. Their feet were so cold and, and aching less wetness than we would have seen earlier in the year with the rains. So not a lot of people were facing that particular danger, but we've been able to offer them 12 hours of warmth community. People came in and donated blankets and socks and toques and gloves and hand warmers and baking. So it's been quite, quite amazing. And not everybody comes in for the whole night. A lot of these folks are used to staying up all night to protect their stuff or to protect themselves and be safe or because there isn't anywhere that they can hunker down for any length of time without being moved along or feeling exposed. A lot of people will come in for two or four or five hours get warmed up, get some hot chocolate, a snack, rest for a little while, change their socks kind of thing. Um, And about last night we had over 40 people came in and probably 24, 25 of them did stay and sleep all night. As a community, we have pulled this together. Some amazing individuals at the city, at the SRD, at agencies worked right through Christmas. People gave up their holidays. We know there's still people out there, but a lot of them have had time and have been outside for a long time. They're far enough away that they've been able to set up like pretty decent camps. So they have camp stoves and they have a heating source and a cooking source. So they are quite independent. Gorge Hall on Cortez Island became a community warming center from noon to 9 p.m on December 28th and 29th. Isabel Perry, from the Whaletown Community Club, which looks after the hall, said, The 
posts on the internet went out quite late. It was mostly people from Whaletown. There's only a few that hung out the whole time, and that was only on the second day, because the first day, I don't think anyone heard about it, and the second day was people just walking by and mostly asking what was going on, and I would explain to them. And some of them stayed, and some of them went, just said right on, and went back outside. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that most people on Cortez actually know what a warming center is. I would include myself in that. Perry explained that a community warming center is a warm, cozy space to take the chill off, either because one's house is cold or because they do not have the means to get properly warm and dry. It's a place to sit and read a book, play a game, and hang out by the fire. The hall is definitely not equipped to be able to house people overnight. We don't have beds, we don't have blankets, we don't have any of those things, and it's actually in our constitution to not have people stay overnight at the hall. So if we were going to change that, then there would be a whole process around it. And I personally don't think that Gort Hall has the facilities or the space to be able to open. She added that none of the people who used the hall on December 28th and 29th live in tents or their cars. People that live in their cars or in tents may not have access to the internet, which means that they wouldn't have had the information in time. It's a lot easier to survive as a homeless person in a city than it is to survive as a homeless person here. There's no emergency shelter. There is a food bank, but you have to go to the other end of the island. I gave a ride to someone camping out in the woods on the outskirts of Squirrel Cove over Christmas. She was carrying a well-worn suitcase, garbage bag, and a plastic tarp. Tanya Hank from the Cortez Island Women's Centre emailed, quote, We definitely have a population living in vehicles on Cortez. I've also been hearing from the elderly community that having to use outhouses and even bringing wood into their homes in this weather is dangerous. Injuries for the elderly take a long time to heal, and they often aren't able to fully recover, putting their independence and housing options at risk. It was a challenge for people to get firewood last summer. It was hard to find anyone to deliver, and prices have gone up. The need to use more wood during this cold snap means there will be less wood available during January and February, which are generally our coldest months, unquote. A Quadra Island resident confirmed that there are definitely people living in cars and tents on her island, to which Sue Moen added, I have run into folks who come into Camel River from Quadra to access services, but... It's not something we have a really good handle on. We've had a couple of volunteers that weren't able to get here. People over on Quadra were dealing with a lot of power outages and just the weather vehicles. When we first publicized that we were having trouble developing a response to the extreme weather for the winter, a very generous group on Quadra of I have no idea how many people were involved, made a $5,000 donation to the coalition, and that money will be spent in conjunction with funding from BC Housing when the cold weather shelter gets going, because there are some costs like the transportation and storage that BC Housing won't cover. 
but it also means that we can make sure people have warm clothing when they leave and good food and all of those kinds of things. So that's an amazing thing from Quadra residents, and we are so grateful for that. A point-in-time count taken in Campbell River over 24 hours last April listed 116 people in emergency shelters, living in encampments, or accessing community services. Anecdotally, we know there are people in places like Gold River and Tasset and Cayucat and Quadra and Cortez who are unhoused. But it's a challenge to find them and really get a good idea of what their needs are. Fortunately, with the help of the Rural Development Network, the Campbell River and District Coalition to End Homelessness is getting ready to launch a rural and remote homelessness count early to mid-January. That's different than the point-in-time count that cities do because the point-in-time count is a 24-hour snapshot, whereas the rural and remote count goes over a month's period and involves a lot of community partners, people like paramedics and doctor's offices and pharmacists and people that know the, the populations better and will have access to them, we hope, over a, a month's time so that we can get a really good picture of what their needs are. Are you hearing stories of people still in their cars? Oh, tons. Tons. We've seen families <laughs> in cars. If you look on any of the social media pages around rentals or housing or even the rant and rave, I see posts regularly of people who are staying in their cars and they'll ask for somewhere to live, but they're looking for assistance with heating. And we know people are living in vans. The Salvation Army emergency shelter gets calls all the time from outreach workers, people living in their cars in vans or in winterized campers. That becomes another challenge because to be safe, especially single women will want to park somewhere where there's traffic and lighting and they get moved along. So they get pushed out of parking lots and places where they could be safe and they end up quite far out. So if they ever had a medical problem or a vehicle problem, they'd be in real trouble. This story is largely centered on people in extreme need, but in a previous interview, Moen pointed out that a large segment of the population pay far more for rent than they can afford without having to make sacrifices in other essential areas, like heat, food, or medicine. According to the Provincial Health Services Authority, this would apply to about 15% of Campbell River's population. The Strathcona Needs Assessment states that 22% of the households on Quadra Island and 30% on Cortez Island are in a similar situation. Moen described Campbell River's search for a new emergency shelter. In Campbell River, usually by the beginning of November, there is a temporary extreme weather shelter opened in previous years. Different agencies have operated it, but in this particular year, none of the agencies have space capacity because of COVID restrictions. 
many of us are also at capacity as far as staffing and recruitment has not been what we would have liked over the last year, year and a half. But the community absolutely recognized that this is a critical piece of infrastructure and programming that is needed. The extreme weather shelters operate in two different ways. There are extreme weather shelters that are opened specifically around weather alerts. And then when the temperatures rise or the rains stop, they will shut down again. And then there's the temporary shelters, which once they're opened for a certain number of beds, stay open until March 31st. Both of the programs run usually November 1st to March 31st. So concerned agencies and individuals, including the business community, formed a task force. And we started looking for, first of all, space to open a shelter and ran into a lot of roadblocks. There's limited amount of space that is appropriate and we could get an occupancy permit for. And also there's the idea of the proximity because many of the services are downtown and the unhoused tend to congregate around those services and often stay in doorways or alleys or small parks in close proximity to this city center. We just had no luck for the longest time. We approached civic groups and fraternal orders and business owners that had vacant properties and other organizations who had underutilized space, but many of them also had barriers, some specific to COVID, which meant that their volunteer or their staff pool was down or they weren't comfortable bringing people into their space because of who they served. We eventually secured a space. One of the churches in town has agreed to host the operation, which is fabulous. And that happened just before Christmas. Now we have to confirm an operator, recruit and train staff, deal with transportation, people's belongings, because It's far enough from the downtown core. People can't be hauling their stuff back and forth. So we're still working on that. In the meantime, the cold weather alert was called. And so we started looking at, well, can we put, you know, six people here, five people there? And the Coalition to End Homelessness in Campbell River District was contacted by the Strathcona Regional District to let us know that the province had actually released funds under the emergency management system to address the unhoused population. Their mandate has always been about declaring an emergency if the power went out for two days or there was people who had inadequate heating or cooling and needed somewhere to go. So it's usually been addressed to housed people. I think this happened on the Wednesday night and the cold alert was for Friday and the community pulled it together. The city granted us the use of the community center downtown. All sorts of professionals and volunteers all came together to staff it from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And we pulled 
snacks and coffee and the emergency services lent us cots. Everybody is pulling together and working together as best as we can, but it is absolutely a capacity issue. There is not enough affordable, appropriate housing. There just isn't. We have to both build our way out of this, but we also have to get a lot more creative and open to what a home means. We've seen positive signs from different councils and regional districts willing to look at different kinds of zoning. And that's what we need is we need both densification, but also a lot more variety in housing. It's mostly the land that costs the money. If you can get more units at a decent price on a smaller piece of land, that will help address situations like we're facing right now. But there, unfortunately, there is not going to be a quick fix. It's going to get worse because it's almost 50 years now since the federal government got out of building social housing. It's just last year that we got a, a national housing strategy. So at least, at least that has happened. Certainly the province has stepped up to the plate to address the crisis in all of the quick fix ways they can, converting hotels, purchasing hotels and other kinds of buildings so that people aren't being displaced. <laughs> then you see situations where there was a fire in an apartment building or a townhouse complex. And then you have those people that are suddenly unhoused and nowhere for them to go. We have to work with municipalities in particular, really encouraging them to broaden the zones and zoning and look at how they can change different bylaws without significant negative effect. You've been listening to interviews with Sue Moen from the Campbell River and District Coalition to End Homelessness, Isabel Perry from the Whaletown Community Club, and an email from Tanya Hank from the Cortez Island Women's Center about the impacts this cold snap has had on the house-challenged community in Campbell River, Quadra, and Cortez Islands. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. <laughs>